Welcome to the podcast where you eavesdrop into conversations between my friends and I on a weekly basis. My name is Lily Jo, I'm a singer, songwriter, and I perform shows all over the world. I'm a qualified counsellor and an emotional well-being coach. You can also check out my award-winning online mental health resource, The Lily Jo Project. I know you will find gems of wisdom within the conversations that I have with my friends. Hopefully you will find tools and resources that you can hold on to, try and test for yourself all around the important subject of mental health and personal development. I am so pleased to welcome you to today's episode of Eavesdrop. Jules Rendell is a singer, songwriter, performer and entrepreneur. I talk with her on today's episode about some of life's biggest transitions, like moving to a new city, getting married and managing your goals and expectations, especially as a perfectionist. In this episode, Jules invites you to partner with hope instead of fear when facing challenges. Grab a brew, stay tuned, you're welcome to Eavesdrop. So I am here in London with the amazingly talented Jules Rendell in this very beautiful coffee shop. I'm sorry if there is lots of background noise, but it's very pretty and very urban and I'm very happy to be here with Jules. Hello, Jules. Hey, Lily Jo. Hey, how are you? I'm really good. Well, I'm a bit tired. You can probably see my droopy eyes. Mm, You look gorgeous as ever. Thanks. So Jules is off to a gig very, very soon, but I've managed to kind of grab her before she goes and just wanted to know how she's getting on with life and especially because she has recently got married so tell us how is married life it's it's good actually it's been two years you know time flies and i'm loving it i mean it's there's definitely been like there's always ups and downs isn't there but i'm loving it i feel so blessed feel really super blessed to be married because i was got married quite late on Mm -hmm. i was 35 when i got married okay just And so I think sometimes when you get married older, you don't want to say I'd appreciate it more because I've got no idea what it's like otherwise, but I really appreciate it because I was single for such a long time. Sure, yeah. So, yeah, like every day I'm just thinking how cool it is to have somebody to do life with. Wow. And to kind of like do the DIY and stuff. helpful <laughs> get things from the top Aww. shelf that kind of thing is great yeah. <laughs> how did you navigate that then how did you navigate being single for so long and being so independent and then going into a partnership with someone else how was that for you I mean I think we're still really independent but actually the other week I got really annoyed with myself because I was like ah, oh, I actually need him oh, I need okay. him and it annoyed me I just couldn't go off and do something on my own. I couldn't just make... I mean, that's, that's I think, the thing that's been the, the most difficult is I can't make decisions on my own anymore, and that's slow. It's just really slow. And, you know, everything in our life, in our culture now, is fast. You get everything straight away. And I am really decisive. I make... Sometimes they're not the right decisions, but I make decisions really fast. And he is the complete opposite. Wow. And... It was kind of amazing marriage prep, actually, to organise the wedding together. Uh-huh. <laughs> because I was just like, bish, bash, bosh, I know exactly what I want. Uh-huh. And he was like, let me take three weeks to think about that and explore all the possibilities. And then, you know, we'd make a decision. And that's what our life is like. So I have to kind of like think, I need a decision 
on this thing in a, man, a month's time. I'm going to have to start talking to to him about it now, you know, that kind of thing. I'll yeah. just have to be patient and wait. And then so the other day when I thought, oh my gosh, I need him. This is really annoying. I can't actually do this DIY on my own. That was like, it was actually quite a revelation. Uh-huh. It took me two years to get to that point where I was like, oh wow, I really am in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, though, we are designed to be in community, aren't we? We're designed not to do life on our own, really. We're designed to sit with others and talk with others and do life together. So how interesting that you went from this independent lifestyle to this now married lifestyle, and now you are in need <laughs> you're, you're, you become dependent. Yeah. But that's a good thing, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. There were many, many days where I was just like, when I was single, I just felt so alone. Wow, yeah. And you, especially when you live in a city, maybe it's just a London thing, but sometimes it's hard to reach out and hard to get people to help you. Yeah. And things that I'm not very good at, like buying a car. Uh-huh. And you, I'm feeling so alone about that. Or going on a holiday, that was another thing that used to really upset me was that I didn't have someone just to go on holiday with Mm. and I know that I've still got a lot of single friends and it's a struggle Mm. being on your own Mm. and that's why it's it's a beautiful thing to be married and it's a beautiful thing to say well I need this person but thank god that he's actually there yeah it's amazing so you're still in that amazing honeymoon grateful stage and that's something I guess that we should never stray from you know yeah well I don't feel like we've had much of the honeymoon period actually like it's been tough okay but maybe because you've been married much longer than me then you know all the phases of being married (laughs) okay yeah well I don't know I I still feel like I mean I'm not perfect at it at all but I do feel like I try hard to appreciate and be grateful yeah. for the marriage and and also I just don't take it lightly I know marriages can end early yeah. due to illness yeah. that was definitely right. something that's been in my family line where you know you're hoping for this retirement together that never comes or yeah. those kinds of things yeah. and I think it's really important that you just appreciate every day yeah. and seize every opportunity that you get together you know yeah. and I think with my marriage in particular we are both very independent and we go all over the world independently and yeah. sometimes together so I think I appreciate him more as well that it's not yeah. just we don't just both do a nine-to-five job come home and then we're together all night yeah that is quite rare if we get a night in together yeah, yeah. so I think it is still quite fresh because mm. of that yeah who knows what the answer is like yeah. we're all different aren't we we all experience marriage and sing- singleness yeah differently yeah what tips then would you give to someone who has waited or is still waiting to find that perfect <laughs> perfect <laughs> uh, partner you know what would you say like how do you wait well I don't know that I waited very well I mean the most important thing is to keep hoping you've got a choice whether to, to partner with hope or partner with fear that you're not gonna, you're never gonna meet anyone. I've got friends who go date all the time and none of those people fit them. And I've got friends who've never been asked out on a date. And in both of those situations, you've still got to kind of approach it with this could happen. I mean, (laughs) my breakthrough actually came after I went to uh, have some counselling. Because I was so sick of being single, I hated it. And I was really, really depressed about that. And I thought, I need to sort this out. 
and she was so great. She was actually single with a counsellor, um, and she'd she, she'd been going through relationships and stuff, and she'd actually recently broken engagement off. So, and she was an older lady as well. So, such a courageous woman, and she pointed me towards a particular person called Matthew Hussey. I don't know if any of your listeners have ever heard of him, but. He's got a great YouTube channel and books. It's actually like so cheesy. It's called How to Get the Guy. But I'm telling you, such a feminist book. Um, and it's all about being the best person that you can be. And it was kind of like getting my self-confidence back, reading that stuff and going to counselling. And literally, the end of my counselling, I thought, right, I'm going to go out on some dates. And Ollie was the first person I met. And I followed all of the, all of the tips in this book. I literally did everything. And, well, it worked. <laughs> So that's my biggest tip because that, that really helped me and I, I've, I've said that to so many people and it really has helped so many people just to get some training about wow. how to date because mm. we don't we, we train up for so many things in our work and in our personal lives and maybe going to the gym whatever but hardly anyone actually trains to date like mm. what's it like to train to be in a relationship mm. and so that's that's perfect that's amazing that. well I'll make sure to put a link in the description box for anyone else who wants to kind of search out that book and find it that sounds incredible thanks Jules so you are a singer-songwriter you're a musician and when I met you in Manchester you had a big dream (laughs) (laughs) and you moved down to London courageously much to my kind of amazement and you set up on this path to to be in the big smoke and to do music how have you found that how has that been for you Amazing. One of the best decisions I've ever made. But the first three years were awful. Terrible. Totally wanted to move back to Manchester. I almost did. And I thank God that I didn't because I just needed to break through. I mean, London's really different from Manchester. I didn't understand why... I wasn't making friends. I just thought, I'm a really great person. Why doesn't anyone want to hang out with me? (laughs) And it took me ages to find a church. Being a Christian, that's a really important part of your Christian life. And I kind of, like, moved around different churches. It just didn't really fit in anywhere. So it took me, like, a good two and a half, three years to actually feel like I had friends. And that's so important for life, for your mental health, to have, like, people around you who understand you. But what it did do was it made me step out, it challenged me, and it made me a better musician, better singer, better businesswoman. Wow. Just a go-getter, an entrepreneur. All this stuff that I didn't really have when I lived in Manchester because I was comfortable. Wow. And it was because I was uncomfortable that I had to do something about it. Mm. And I'll tell you what else happened, which might be an encouragement. I I actually came down because my boyfriend at the time lived here. And... We broke up about six months after I came down and and that was devastating. And we, we actually kind of went on and off for the next couple of years. But um, it was devastating to me because I suddenly had nothing here. But that was what made me reach out. And do you remember MySpace? I had a MySpace <laughs> account. <laughs> and I basically just started messaging people on MySpace. I was so bold. But I guess I just had nothing to lose. And wow. yeah. so I made friends with this drummer. And he got, got a band together for me, and that's when I first started to actually do my own solo stuff in mm. London. With like, it was a sick band. It was so good. 
And I kind of think back to those times, you don't even realise when you're doing it how amazing the, the opportunities you've got and the people that are around you. And I, I think I took it for granted. And now I think, Flip, if I could go back, I'd like make so much more of those opportunities. But you live and learn. So, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad to be here, even though it's tough sometimes. Like, there's a rat race and, and it's you have to earn a lot of money just to live. But at the same time, the people that you're around, it's such a high calibre that really brings your game up. And there's so many more opportunities as well. So, I'm going to ask you quite a big question, but I really like this question. And it's something that I debate all the time. What does success mean to you? Is that actually such a thing as making it? Dave and I talk about this a lot because we're like, you look at Paul McCartney and we would probably say, yes, Paul McCartney has made it in life. Like, he has done it. But would Paul McCartney think that he's actually made it in life? I don't know. Maybe he's got unanswered dreams. Maybe he's got things in his life that he never achieved that he wished he had. So what is success and what does that mean? And what does that mean to you? Yeah. I find it a really difficult question because oftentimes I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself. I have massive expectations of myself and I often don't achieve them. Mm. And that's part of being a perfectionist, which is part of my personality. And my husband is actually a massive perfectionist. Okay, so double whammy. Yeah, um, he's like ten times worse than me. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> so so we, we struggle with it. And I've had this conversation so much over the last few months. Mm. But I was thinking today, as I was, you know, travelling in to see you, I remember walking down the street before I'd met Ollie, like maybe a couple of years before I'd met him, so early 30s, thinking, and I said, I was praying and I said to God, I actually decide that I would prefer to be married and have a family than have a career. Oh, okay. So I made it, I, I, I was really particular about that. And I thought to myself, that's really what I want. And I've never been, I much prefer to kind of like be at home than be on tour. However, now that I am married, <laughs> I still really want the career. And I'm, at the moment, massively overthinking having a baby and what does that mean for my career? What will that do to me as a person and, and like, stressing about it? I mean, there's no point. Let's just say out loud, there is no point in stressing about this, Jules. So it's, it's really tough because I want to achieve a certain amount of stuff, but will I ever achieve it all? And I think I have to come to a point where I have to kind of downscale my expectations of myself. And I think for me, really, like, there's so much joy that comes from when someone reaches out to you, as you'll know this, and they reach out and they go, oh, my gosh, your song just made me absolutely, like, bawl with tears. And, or, I, like, I remember one time somebody said, I've had to listen to your album every morning this week because I felt so down and your album's the only thing that lifted me Wow. Up. And there's stuff like that. You think, oh, my gosh, I am making a massive difference to a, a relatively small number of people. <laughs> and that's really cool. And I think sometimes, you know, mm. I believe that... So good. ..we have an eternal life. Mm. So I think that when I... Read that I really really hope that when I reach that eternal life that I get to see the impact that I've had mm. that I've got no idea about and mm. then I'll think oh yeah mm. that was quite successful yeah <laughs> of course and I think what is the price of 
a life. So, like, tomorrow in London I'm doing a, some workshops and a girl's coming to join me to help me and she's a girl that I met when I was on tour with Ben Hay now. And I just mentioned from the microphone... You know, I'm passionate about mental health. This next song is all about that. It's called Bring Me Back to Life. She overheard me because the speaker was pointing out onto the street and so she came in off the street, heard the song, was really moved by it. She was painfully thin um, and was with her carer. So she was from an inpatient unit, battling an eating disorder. Came in, heard the song. I then introduced her to some people from the local church because I was in Bristol at the time. And um, it's actually Greg and Claire Thompson, who you know, from Glastonbury. Introduced her to them. They walked her through the journey. And three months later, she's out of hospital. She's in church. She's baptised. She's fully going for it in her faith. And feels a fulfilment that she's never felt before. So, my question is, is that successful? Absolutely, yes. And so... We can't always quantify our successes, can we? Financially or eternally, we don't really mm. know. No, we don't. And one thing, especially with my personality type, is that I often don't dwell on the achievements and the successes. Like, as, as musicians or creative people, we're just on to the next thing all the time. We don't celebrate, oh, no. I've just done this and it was really successful. We just go, right, boom, done, tick box, next thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but if something does go wrong, then we just, like, think about that the whole time and mm. wallow in that. And, mm. it, and we need to kind of shift yeah. that whole perspective thing. For sure. Yeah, I fully, fully do that. (laughs) Fully just move on to the next thing, don't think twice about it. And then sometimes I just kind of look back and go, oh, hang on a minute, that was all really good. And I would always say to you or somebody else, celebrate your achievements. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Don't do yourself. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) But yeah, that is just us crazy creatives, hey? Season two of Eavesdrop is kindly sponsored by Mediconf. Mediconf promote excellence in health education throughout the UK. For more information on Mediconf, go to mediconf.co.uk. Please find the links in the description box below. So how do you navigate then those highs and those lows? How do we navigate our way? How do we manage our mental health amongst the highs, the lows, the celebrations, the negatives. How do we remain constant? Yeah. I'm asking for your advice. Um, <laughs> I think I need your advice. Um, <laughs> it's really hard. It's so hard, isn't it? I think one thing I recently heard Governor B saying was comparison is a thief of joy. I've heard that a lot and I've said it and yet it's the thing that I've struggle with it. And if I could just be off social media, I would not miss it for a second because of the comparison that goes on there. So I think that's really important to kind of not to, to separate yourself from everybody else. Have your own goals and don't worry about anyone else's goals. That's so true. So good. I think that it's really important to have friends. Mm-hmm. People who can say, hang on a minute. Like, look at what you've done. Look at, how, look at what you've achieved and I'm with you in that journey. And 
I'm preaching to myself, but maybe just lowering your expectations a little bit. Not in a way that you shouldn't have big dreams or big expectations, but that you shouldn't beat yourself up mm. when you, you haven't reached it in the timeline that you wished for. And I think um, there's an artist called Jake Isaac who I really, really respect, and he's just managed to do so many different things. And I was thinking about it, thinking... I think it's because he hasn't put his all of his eggs in one basket. Even if he doesn't get something, he'll just go on to another thing and try that thing instead. So it's kind of like keeping your options open all the time and not not saying if I don't get blah, then I've then I failed. Mm-hmm. But actually, just thinking, well, maybe I can, maybe I'll not get blah, but I'll get blah blah and blah and blah. Yeah, so. yeah, it's really good. I think something that Dave and I have been really trying to remember. <laughs> no, do you know what? I'm saying we're trying, but we're not trying very hard. <laughs> but it's that thing of when you've done something big, you really do need to take that time, like the next day or for the next two days, to actually rest. Right. Because mm. I feel like when we stand on stage, mm. we are exposing so much of ourselves. We're bearing our soul yeah, to yeah, the people yeah. that are listening. And it's like what Brene Brown says about kind of the next day or the next hour. You can feel like you've got a bit Shame of vulnerability, well, vulnerability hangover yeah, yeah, yeah. where you're just like, oh, I've just exposed myself yeah, to these yeah. people and you don't even know what they thought of yeah, the exposure. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really important that we take time to sit on the sofa and to just almost get over what we've just experienced yeah, as yeah. artists, yeah, you know? Yeah. And sometimes I think, especially for signed artists, the labels can push them so, so much mm-hmm. and they just get exhausted physically, but emotionally they'll get exhausted as well. And when you release an album or something like that, you're literally on it for just weeks, months, maybe the whole year if yeah. you're, you've got enough energy. And so that's, you know, that's the hardest point where you, you don't really have the time to rest, but actually that's when you most need to rest. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I remember getting back from Australia. I'd been to Australia with LZ7 and we'd done it in six days. So we'd done two days travel, three days there, two days back. So I went on the Sunday and I was back by the Saturday. No way. And I remember getting home and just sitting on my over and being like, I think I've actually broke my body. <laughs> I think that's the end now. <laughs> I'm broken. <laughs> Physically broken. I'm crossing all those time zones and everything. Oh, but I wrote a blog on rest, actually, in that time, and just thought, it's really important that we that we don't just kind of treadmill through, but that we actually take a moment to pause, get off the treadmill and do something completely different. Yeah. And that really helps me, like, just go for a walk in nature or just do something that is not thinking about that thing I was leading up to an event recently and Philippa Hannah actually said to me she said do something that's completely different to it like don't consume don't let the event consume you 24-7 because you need to actually (laughs) do something different so I decluttered my cellar alright I decluttered my cellar and that for me was really therapeutic because instead of just stressing about the event 24-7 I had another outlet I had another focus and I think that's really important isn't it to change our focus of attention yeah. if change we're kind of the rest yeah that's what yes. they say yes yes so good so obviously we all have mental health we have physical health mm. and we have spiritual health that's right so what would you say today if I was to say what's your mental health out of 10 yeah today what might it be for you well 
This week's been a bit tough, so I'd say it's actually a six call. So some people might think that's great. Yeah, that sounds good to me. (laughs) (laughs) I think in my life, I've spent a lot of time at nine and ten. Wow, that's great. Amazing, yeah. Yeah. I've spent a lot of time over the last few years after I moved to London really working on my mental health Mm. and what I believed about myself yeah and about the world and so so it's gone a bit up and down and it's been quite difficult since I got married really because you've got somebody else in your space the whole time and it does affect you so for me a six is like oh it's not as good as it could be yeah okay but I've been I would say I've never been a one mm-hmm. I've been I'm so blessed to, to be able to say that mm-hmm. I've probably my lowest been like a three mm-hmm. and when you were at that point how did you claw your way back up to sort of the six sevens eights yeah well my whole album is about that journey about the mental health journey because when I was writing the album I was really low mm. For me, but as I said, I've never, I've, I'm really thankful I've never been a one, I've never been at that point where it's like there's no way out. I think it's because I've got amazing friends around mm, me, mm, um, you've got that support network, yeah. community. So every song in my album is part of my journey. So the the first single is called Old Friend, and that's basically about friendship. Yeah, it's about when I went to Manchester and I stayed with my friend Hannah. And, and she reminded me who I was. Wow. I, I love so how friendship does that. Yeah. So good. The second song is called Let Go, and it's all about perfectionism, which, mm-hmm. you know, I struggle with sometimes. And about just letting go of all that fear. Mm. Um, and, but that's really hard. And I think what the thing is with me that I think was with everyone is what you believe about yourself. What do you believe about yourself? Because that will inform all your thought processes yeah, yeah. and that will be form what will come out in your mouth and mm. that will form what will, your actions will be yeah. as well. So what do you believe about yourself? What do you believe about the world around you? And I would say, from a spiritual point of view, what do you believe about God? And does that, maybe that isn't important to you. For me, it's really important because for me, I think if, if I didn't have a relationship with God, and that's a real foundation of my personality I think do I believe that God loves me Mm. do I believe that God actually cares about this thing that I'm going through Mm. is he actually there yeah and for me it's really important to know that yes yeah so for you it's important to know that there's someone higher than you yeah that's got some kind of control absolutely in your world and on your cares yeah that's amazing Mm. but you didn't grow up in a Christian family did you no so what was that journey like for you um, How did you become a Christian? How did you, like, experience God for the first time? Yeah, well, I was always looking... I had a, I had a grid for it because my family were Catholic. Mm-hmm. So it was God was always there, but I had no relationship with him. I didn't even really know that was, that was a thing, mm. you know, that was an opportunity. And when I went to university... I mean, it's, it's, a long, it's always a long story short, isn't it? Yeah. But I basically went to, like, a talk uh-huh. and somebody shared the gospel and I, for the first time, heard that there was somebody out there who loved me enough to die for me. Mm. And that just blew my mind because I was looking for love everywhere. I was looking for it, you know, in male-female relationships, in affirmation, in horoscopes, in new-agey kind of stuff, you know, yeah, lots of different 
types of things, drinking and going out and achieving stuff. But I just couldn't find it anywhere. And as soon as I, I figured out that, wow, this is like a higher power that actually is involved in my life... That was it. I kind of, like, I was sold pretty mm. much straight away, actually. That's amazing. <laughs> and you've mentioned a couple of times about having a relationship with God. So how do you actually do that? How do you physically have a relationship with God? Well, two things. You've got to get to know somebody to have a relationship with them. So reading the Bible and going to church is a really good way of finding out who God actually is. And listening to people who are further along in the journey than you, who are wiser than you, to talk about who they believe God is really helps. And then to personalise it, it's all about prayer. And prayer really is just talking. Mm, it's just a conversation. We can all do that, hey? Yeah. And then being yeah. open to listen, because yeah. oftentimes people think prayer is just like giving your, your list of, please God, can I have blah, blah, blah. But you've got to give God the opportunity to talk to you back. And, and that can be through loads of different ways. It can mm. be through reading something in the Bible. It can be your friends saying something. It can be seeing a billboard, you know, with, mm. like, some kind of message on it or hearing a song. Mm. Um, or it can be just an internal voice. So it's like a two-way thing. Yeah. And before I, you know, I, before I went to university and found that out, I just... I didn't even think that was an option. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Okay, so, Jules, how can the listeners find out more about you and stay connected to you? What's your social media and how can we get your album and stuff like that? Yeah, well, my album's on Spotify and iTunes and all those wonderful online places. If you just type into Google Jules Rendell, so that's R-E-N-D-E-L-L, all of it will come up. But you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at Jules Rendell and on Instagram it's Jules Wools. Jules Wools. Yes. And to tell us as well, like, what's coming up for you? What's next? How can we stay tuned? I've just started a podcast, which is really exciting. It's called Her Story. And it's all about celebrating womanhood. So I'll have to get you on it, Joe. actually. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) I wanted to do a podcast that was just looking at women's lives, like, there's so much we don't celebrate there's all the hiddenness that comes maybe with being a mom or the hiddenness that comes with being single or just like looking about different gender issues like in the workplace and then just kind of celebrating a lot of amazing women so it's really cool I've got amazing guests on there so that's on and on Podbean if you want to get brilliant her story her story by Jules Rendell or yes. yeah 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 fantastic okay well I'll make sure to put links to everything in the description box so no one has to miss out <laughs> thank you so much for spending time with me it's so good to catch up with you and find out all your wisdom and your pearls that we can kind of take hold of and learn from thanks for listening On the podcast, we cover a range of sensitive topics and perspectives. Some of the points raised in this episode you may strongly agree with or strongly disagree with. I want to know who you are and what you think. Last season we had so many downloads, but we don't know who you are. I want to get to know you. I really want to hear your thoughts and continue the conversation. And that's why I've created a brand new Facebook group. You can find the link to the group in the podcast description or you can search for Lily Joe Presents Eavesdrop on Facebook. On joining the group, we would like you to fill out a very short questionnaire and in return, you will be entered into our competition for a chance to win some Lily Joe merchandise plus a day in the studio with us as we record season three of Eavesdrop. 
The winner will be announced on Friday the 22nd of March, so don't miss out on this opportunity to connect in this way. I am so excited to get to know you. I will see you in the group. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please be sure to subscribe and if you're feeling generous, why not share with your friends? Please check the description box below for extra links and further information to some of the topics discussed in today's episode. Also, you'll find information about what's coming next. For further information, top tips and advice on all kinds of mental health issues, including low mood, anxiety, self-harm, eating disorders and more, please do check out www.thelilyjoeproject.com. You can find my music across all digital platforms, including Spotify and iTunes. See you next time. Throughout 2019 and 2020, I will be touring high schools across the UK and Europe with my Let's Talk About Mental Health interactive and fun workshop. 75% of those with a mental health condition start developing it before the age of 18. That's why I believe it's so important to let young people know what to do if they are struggling with a mental health condition and how to maintain good mental health. If you would like me to lead this workshop at your school, please do get in touch, email us, admin at thelilyjoeproject.com or why not check out our schools pack, which is www.thelilyjoeproject.com forward slash schools. We can't wait to meet you. Are you feeling stuck? Do you need a little help to get your life back on track? Do you have big dreams but don't know where to start? Why not book a session with me where we can explore together your dreams and turn them into a reality? I offer life coaching to individuals through my unstoppable life coaching business. Why not find a link in the description box below and book today? And don't forget to use the unique discount code eavesdrop for an extra 10% off. looking for an interactive workshop on how to overcome low self-esteem for your next festival, youth event or schools workshop? Why not book me, Lily Jo, to lead my brand new I Am Worthy workshop where I teach best practices on how to overcome low self-esteem. This workshop is not just for girls, but it's for your guys as well. Find a link in the description box below to book today and don't forget to use the unique discount code eavesdrop for 10% off.